We are reading Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. Sing, daughter Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. I will remove from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and reproach for you. At that time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. When I was a kid, one of my very favorite books was this. It's called A Tale of Two Princes by Eckhart Zur Nieden. And it tells the story of a group of people who lived on a beautiful island. They had a king who they loved and who loved them. And he gave them good laws so they would know what to do and how to behave and how to always be happy. The king helped make their island beautiful and gave them these laws. And, and then the king sailed home across the sea. And he put a governor in charge who would help the people remember the king and his good laws. And the people loved the king. They built a statue of him. And once a year, they would load up a ship with all the very best things from their farms and, and their bakeries and their fishing nets, and they sent them across the sea to the king. And then one day, the governor went for a walk in the woods, and he heard a voice. It was a voice he had never heard before. And the voice said that he was the prince of the island. The governor was amazed. The prince, he asked. Yes, said the voice, and I have a suggestion for you. Why don't you stop honoring the king? After all, he's so far away. Knock down his statue, forget about his laws, and don't send that shipload of riches every year. Keep those good things. Store them up for yourselves. After all, you may need them someday when hard times come. Well, the governor was amazed. He couldn't imagine being so ungrateful to the king. But when he protested, the voice said no more. And so the governor went away. And do you know what the governor did? He listened to the voice. When it came time to fill the next ship full of goods to send to the king, the governor pulled two dock workers aside and said in a quiet voice, 
set aside two sacks of hazelnuts and put them in my barn. So the dock workers did just that. And then they told some of the other dock workers, the governor is taking some of the king's riches for himself. And do you know what happened next? The dock workers and the sailors went back to the ship that night, and they took some of the king's riches for themselves. And they were seen by a farmer who told another farmer. So they went to the ship early the next morning to take what they wanted, but the ship had been sunk, and all the riches were gone. Well, soon the fishermen got wind of it. And just like the farmers, they wanted their share. So they and the farmers stormed the houses of the dock workers and the sailors, and they took what they wanted. And in all of the chaos, the statue of the king was tipped over into the harbor. So in only a night and a day, the people of the island had forgotten how to behave and how to be happy. Now they were always being hateful, they were always scolding or complaining. Everyone was angry, and everyone was afraid. And no one talked about the king anymore, and no one remembered his good loss. The people on this island make me think about the people of God. In the beginning, their king, God, created a beautiful world for them to live in. And he gave them laws like the Ten Commandments that would help them live good, happy lives. And sometimes the people loved God. They loved their king. They worshipped him in the temple and they obeyed his laws and they were kind to each other. But from the very beginning, God's people also listened to the voice of someone who wasn't God. Adam and Eve listened to the serpent who told them, did God really say you couldn't eat from any tree in the garden? I think you should take from that fruit of that tree in the middle so you will be like God. And Adam and Eve listened to the serpent. They ate from the tree in the middle of the garden, turning their backs on God, turning their backs on the king who had gave, given them so many good things. And God's people kept turning their backs on God. They kept listening to the voice of the evil one, the one who convinced the people that he could give them much more than anything God would. That he would make them strong and happy and rich. So the people of Israel stopped worshiping God, and they forgot about God, and they became greedy, and they treated people unkindly. And sometimes God's people would remember God and they would say sorry and they would once more worship him and love him and love others. But then they would hear that voice again saying, does God really love you? Forget about God. He's not here after all. He's far, far away. Just love yourself and live for yourself instead. And so time and time again, the people of Israel forgot about God and they turned away from God and they lived just for themselves. We do this too sometimes, don't we? Sometimes it's hard to remember to love God 
and worship God. There's so many other things trying to get our attention or tell us who we are or how, what we need to do in order to be happy. You don't need God to be happy, they tell us. You need us. You need cool clothes and a good job and you need to be powerful and strong and you need to be well-liked and you need to have money and you need to be popular and then you will be happy. And so we spend all of our time and our energy trying to get these things, trying to be happy. And we forget about God. And we live just for ourselves. And then sometimes we get a wake-up call. God sent people called prophets to the people of Israel to wake them up to tell them that they weren't acting the way he had created them to act and that this behavior was only going to lead to bad things. One such prophet was named Zephaniah. And his prophecy isn't very long. It's just three chapters in the Bible. But he packs a punch in his prophecy. In the first two chapters, he tells the Israelites that destruction is coming that the Babylonians are going to destroy the temple and the city of Jerusalem and are going to take many of the people into captivity, into what's called exile. And that is exactly what happens. The people are taken captive and are brought to Babylon where they have to serve a foreign king and learn new ways of being. And they feel far away from God. They feel like they are in the dark and they can't see a way out. In the Old Testament, God led the people into exile. But sometimes we are the ones who distance ourselves from God. Sometimes we put ourselves in exile. In the story of the people on the island, the governor knows that he has to do something to fix all of the problems he's caused. So he goes back into the woods and he shouts for the prince, telling the prince that everything was his fault and demanding to know what he was supposed to do now. While the voice of the prince speaks to him from the darkness, you were the one who decided to act on my suggestions. And now think about this. The king hasn't heard from you for a long time. Surely the king is angry. And very soon he will come and punish you severely. But I know a way you can save yourself. Just pull aside this branch and you'll see a secret doorway. This is where I live in a huge cave that's big enough for all of you. Come join me. I'll keep you safe. So the people all journey down into this cave. It's a dark cave, and it's damp, and it's cold. And the people are scared, and they call out for the prince. But all they hear is silence. Sometimes, when we know that we've done something wrong, we want to hide from God. Just like Adam and Eve wanted to hide from God when they ate the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. We feel ashamed or embarrassed, and we're afraid of God. 
We don't want to face God because then we have to face what we have done, that we've treated people unkindly or we've been greedy or selfish or prideful, that we've yelled at people who love us or lied to people or taken what isn't ours. We feel ashamed, and so we try to hide. We ignore God. We ignore the things that we've done. Because we think that if God finds out about what we've done, surely he'll be angry and he'll punish us. We think something bad will happen. We think that God will love us less. And so we hide and we feel very alone. The people in the cave felt alone. Because it was so dark, they never knew if it was day or if it was night. They felt very sorry for the things that they had done. They cried and they tried to sleep and they felt very unhappy. And then someone whispered, I see a light. And the light grew brighter and brighter and then it stopped. And then the people heard the sound of fighting, the clash and clang of weapons, shouts and groans. Then the noise stopped. And once more the light grew brighter and brighter until a man came and stood in the circle of people holding a torch. He was limping. His heel was bleeding. And do you know what this man said? Don't be afraid. I have come to take you out of this place. I am the king's son. And my father forgives all of the wrong that you have done. I defeated the underground prince, and he can never keep you in darkness again. I have found you, and now you are safe, and you can follow me home. When the prophet Zephaniah told the people of Israel that they were going to be taken captive, that wasn't the only thing he said. He didn't stop there. At the very end of his prophecy, he gave the people words of hope. Sing, daughter Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. God was going to rescue his people. He would lead them back home, and he wouldn't be angry with them. He wouldn't punish them. He wouldn't be waiting for them at the front doors, hands on his hips and a big frown on his face. He would rejoice over them with singing. He would gather his people in his arms and sing, You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. And that is just what God did. He brought the people home, back to their houses, 
back to Jerusalem. But that isn't all he did. God wanted to make sure once and for all that the prince of evil could never keep his people in darkness ever again. So he sent his son into the world, into the darkness, to defeat the prince of darkness. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. That Jesus, the son of God, came into the world, that the rescuer arrived. And at Easter, we celebrate that Jesus defeated the prince of evil by dying on the cross and then rising again to new life. Jesus defeated the power of darkness and death, the power that tries to keep us away from God. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, we have no reason to fear. God, our King, forgives us and will always forgive us when we say that we are sorry for all the bad things we've done. Because he loves us. He delights over us with singing. And so Jesus is the answer to the promise that God made to the serpent long, long ago, after the serpent tricked Adam and Eve. When God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head, you will strike his heel. And Jesus is the answer to the promise that God made the people of Israel when they were in exile. Jesus is the mighty warrior, the good shepherd, the great rescuer. And Jesus is our answer. When we have messed up, when we feel ashamed and we want to hide from God, Jesus says, you don't have to hide. Because of me, you will always be forgiven. God never stops loving you. And I will bring you home. And all of this we celebrate at Christmas. We celebrate that the Son of God came into the world to rescue God's people to rescue us, just like the prince in the story. But unlike this story, we celebrate ours because it's true. God really entered our world and really loves us. And one day Jesus will come again and bring us home to live with him forever. We celebrate, we rejoice, and we sing because God rejoices over us. And that is the very best story ever told. Would you pray with me? Thank you, God, that you never stop loving us. Thank you that you sent your son into the world to rescue us from the power of evil, from our own shame, from our fear. When we have done something wrong, help us to turn to you, placing our trust in your love and in your forgiveness. We love you, Jesus, our great rescuer. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.